Spirit Church. We all stand to our feet and worship the Lord this morning.
God of Jacob, whose love endures through generations. I know that you will keep your covenant. I'm calling on the God of
the same today and yesterday and forever and that same God wants to meet with you today this morning at this time we'd like to invite the prayer team up if you have a need we'd love to connect with you we'd love to agree with you and pray with you this morning come on let's continue into worship I've got a friend closer than a brother there is no judgment, oh how he loves me. I've got a friend, he is my strength, and he is my portion. With me in the valley, with me in the fire, with me in the storm, I see Then, oh.
continue worshiping him in this place today. God, you're worthy. God, you, you are worthy of our praise in this place today. God, we thank you for your presence in this place today. We thank you for your, for your love, for your mercy, and for your, your healing power. We thank you, Lord, that as folks are coming to you this morning, God, that in your presence, God, miracles occur. And through you and only you, God, chains of addiction are broken. Hearts are restored. Relationships are restored, Jesus. We're so grateful. We're so thankful for the miraculous in our lives. We praise you. We give you praise this morning. We're going to continue in this kind of atmosphere of worship and uh, saying the Lord's Prayer together. If you're new here, we do this every single week. And uh, just in a sense of unity as a church, praying the way that Jesus taught us to pray. And so uh, we're going to pray together. The words will be on the screen if you need them. But let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Can we give him praise one more time this morning? Man, we, we, we say, it every, say it every week, but we serve an incredible God. And, and we're so excited that you're here this morning. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're going to get started in a moment. But if you would, just turn, meet someone next to you, greet someone on the way back to your seat this morning. getting my workout in this morning. Sorry. <laughs> Took me a second there. Don't worry. I'm not going to start preaching. I just want to give you a quick update on all the good things that God is doing in my church. Anybody okay with good news? Hey, me too. My name is Jason. My wife, Robin, is sitting right there. We're so honored to serve as your pastors. The Welcome Center is right back here. And so if you're a guest, we'd love to take a second and connect with you right after church. Everything that we are doing through this year and even into next year is based on these words that you see on the screen, reach one more. Would you say it with me? Reach one more. That's kind of what God has called us to. And we have a lot of information that's coming your way. And so we want to help connect with you. And the best way we know how to do that is to put the QR code on the screen. So we're going to put it up there real quick. And I want you to take out your phone. Not a lot of times that the pastor tells you to take out your phone. But take out your phone real quick, go to the camera app, and don't take a picture of it. Whatever you do, don't take a picture of it. Just zoom in on it until the yellow bar pops up, and then go ahead and sign in. Now, I see a lot of phones not out right now, so come on. Come on, help me out. We want to get information in your hands, and this is a great way that you can check in and you can connect. While you're doing that, let me get you some of that good information that we have coming. Letty's going to be on the screen in a second and tell you more, but let me tell you some things that are happening. About 12 weeks ago, we told you that we were going to run an 8 a.m. service for 10 weeks. Today was week number nine. So if you haven't had a chance to check out the 8 a.m. worship experience, next Sunday will be our last one for the summer. We're going to take off for the summer. We're only going to have a 9.30 and 11 a.m. worship experience during the summer months. That doesn't mean that the 8 a.m. service is going away. In fact, the church has continued to grow during this season. And so as we get back towards fall and into school starting back, we're going to come back with the early service again. Uh, but we need your help. This is why we need your info. We're going to be sending you a survey asking you about service times. And would you still like an 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11, or perhaps a change to 8.30, 10, and 11.30? We're just kind of evaluating our options during this summer season so that we can best serve our church family and so that we can best serve our community. So help us out so that we can get in contact with you next Sunday again as our last 8 a.m. service for the summer season. Letty's going to talk more about it in a second, but hope for tomorrow is this coming Saturday. It's our massive outreach for this part of the year, for the spring, and we need you to help us get word out. The truck's coming tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. Jessica, thank you for coordinating volunteers for that. If you haven't signed up to serve, spirit.church slash sign up. 
or you can just go to spirit.church and scroll down to events and signups. You can sign up to serve at this. You can sign up for our smoke detector outreach. We've got a new outreach where we're helping install smoke detectors in people's homes. If you're a recent graduate, you can sign up for the Spirit Church Scholarship. And if you have just graduated high school or you're in college, you are eligible to qualify for the Spirit Church Scholarship. And that's all on our website under events and signups. I want to turn your attention to something important to my heart. It's our Pray for America initiative that is coming up June the 5th through the J July the 4th. We are an Assemblies of God church, and our national office is calling all the churches to prayer for a month over America. Now, how many think our nation needs prayer? How many think we need more than a month? But a month is a good starting point. Amen? So on June the 4th, that Sunday before we start, we will have these prayer guides available for you in the commons. We don't have them today because we don't want to give out so much stuff, you know, donuts and communion. By the way, don't get those confused. Okay, there's specific times for both of those. And then there's another guide I'll talk about in a minute. But this prayer guide will be available to you on Sunday, June the 4th. We want to encourage our church family to pray for America each day. They've got a specific prayer point that we're going to pray for. And then on Wednesday mornings in the month of June, every Wednesday morning in June at 7 a.m., right here in the worship center, we're going to pray together for those who can. I know that not everybody can make that time, but those who can, come pray with us. If you can't, the prayer focal points are in there each day so that we can be praying together. Next, I want to take a second and thank you. You are the most generous church on the planet. Because of you, we're able to do things like Hope for Tomorrow without taking up a special offering. Because of you, we've already sent $25,000 to Alaska, where our missions team is going to be in less than 50 days. Here's the photo they sent us back. This is the, the, the shipping container that they loaded up. They had to wait for the ice to thaw on the river so they could send this barge up the river to the village of Bethel, where our team will be. There's more photos that I don't have time to show you, but in the additional photos, the shipping container is completely packed full of resources, and that's because you faithfully give every week. We didn't take a special offering. The money was already there in the budget, so thank you for making that possible that these supplies can get to Alaska. I love seeing the smiles on their faces of the team that's already there on the ground. We actually have four open spots if you want to go with us to Alaska and you haven't signed up. Now's the time. Our team has a meeting tonight to talk about that, but maybe God's been prompting you and you've been slow on the uptake on that. Jump on board. We've got four spots left. We also have a missions trip to Ecuador, September 7th through the 14th. And again, because you have given so faithfully, we have already sent $25,000 to Ecuador. So those supplies are already getting in place. Thank you for doing that and for being faithful. We've got room if you want to sign up. This is Cuenca, Ecuador. The city will be in. It's an ugly place, isn't it? I mean, man, that's gorgeous. Look at that. We do have room on that team. If you want to go, spirit.church slash sign up. You can sign up for that trip. We would love to take you construction folks. We'd love to take you to come work with children's ministry in the orphanage or to help with those with special needs. It's going to be a phenomenal trip. So if God's speaking to you, I would encourage you to do that. I wanted to tell you where we are on construction, our Home for the Next 100 Years campaign. Again, you've been so incredibly faithful. There's two things I need to ask you for right now. I'll have a lot more to update you on next month in the month of June. Number one, please keep giving because we need your giving to make this dream a reality. But number two, more importantly, please pray. Right now, we're in a very strategic season in terms of this building. We've selected a construction management company and we're working with our architect and we're finalizing plans. We have some important meetings this week coming up and we need your prayers. We need wisdom and we need the Lord's guidance because right now it's not very expensive to make changes, right? It's just a racer or a back button on a computer. But if we get much farther than this, changes start to cost a lot. And so we need to get it right from the get-go, and we need the Holy Spirit to guide us. Amen? So I need your prayers. I need you to believe God with us and for us that that's going to take place. There, there's one more thing I want to tell you, but before I show this slide on the screen, this is crazy, and I've, I've just got to do this. Are Dane and Irena Warner here this morning? I know they snuck in. Where are they? We're talking newlyweds, married yesterday afternoon. Stand up. Come on. Just married yesterday in church this morning. Come on. Love you guys. Congratulations. Beautiful wedding they had yesterday. Last thing I want to update you on, and then we'll get into the message in just a second. 
So far in 2023, as we've been trying to reach one more, we have seen over 200 people say yes to Jesus. Come on, that's amazing to see what God is doing. And that right there is the reason we're in business. That's why we do all of it. That's why we share love, joy, and peace with the least, the last, and the lost. That's why um, you know, we see that organizations that stay inwardly focused, they eat themselves alive. But organizations like ours who have a passion for people who don't know Jesus, it unites us and it brings us together. And Pastor D was here last week, amazing message, but the words that he said, I wanna show them to you. The enemy is scared of a praying, unified church. In other words, the enemy's scared of us. So stand with me, because we're gonna pray that God would allow us to continue to operate in unity and that God would use us to keep reaching one more. I don't give you an update just to give you an update. I give you an update because I wanna keep us as a church on mission, amen? We've gotta keep moving in the direction that God has planned for us. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, thank you because you love Bartlesville. You love Northeast Oklahoma. And there are people who are lost without you. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you, all of us, our gifts, our talents, our ability, all that we are. Would you use us for your kingdom and for your glory? Would you help us to reach one more? We're excited that we see 200 people have said yes to Jesus. We wanna see more people say yes to Jesus. We wanna see more people discipled. We wanna see our children and our students called into ministry. We wanna see more Jared and Kayla Schultz raised up out of this church, more Roger and Nadine Perkins, more missionaries, more preachers, more evangelists raised up out of this church. We wanna see the work of God continue to come forth from this body. Lord, it was almost 100 years ago that we began, but we didn't begin just so that our name could grow and get big. We grew so that your name would be famous. Would you be glorified? Would your kingdom come and would your will be done? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's praise the Lord for what he's doing. Awesome. You can be seated for just a second. Letty's gonna give you some more info. I'll be right back. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Letty, and we're so glad you're here with us today. Whether you're here in person or joining us online, we consider you part of our family, and we'd love to connect. If you're here in person, you can use this QR code on the screen next to me to fill out your Connect card or your new guest card. And if you're joining us online, you can fill it out by going to spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. This is a great way for you to stay connected and for us to serve your family better. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this worship experience. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thanks for being our guest today. Also, if you're a guest, please don't put any pressure to give. Instead, let this service be our gift to you. But if you're here and you want to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and drop it in either kiosk in the commons area. You can give online on our website by going to spirit.church give. Or, as always, you can give on your Spirit Church app. Spirit Church, we are so thankful that you partner with us to reach the least, last, and lost. Now, I've got a few announcements for you. Our Hope for Tomorrow outreach is this Saturday, May 27th, from 10.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. We will be giving away free lunch, groceries, and personal care items to anyone who comes through our drive through line. If you know someone in need, help us spread the word. And if you'd like to serve with us, you can sign up on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. Spirit Kids VBS Super Camp is almost here. All first through fifth graders are invited to join us June 5th through 7th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. Each night will be full of fun games, snacks, and learning more about Jesus. You can sign your kids up on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. And lastly, if you're new to Spirit Church, you are invited to our new people party next Sunday after our 11 o'clock worship experience. You can meet our staff, learn more about our church, and enjoy free lunch on us in the cafe. If you'd like to attend, you can sign up on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. Spirit Church, we love you. Thanks for listening. Now let's get out our message notes as Pastor Jason comes to continue our message series, Tune In.
It's a lot of noise in our world today. A lot for us to tune into, a lot for us to be distracted by, but we know that the Holy Spirit and the Word of God is our guide. And I know you're really comfortable right now, but would you stand with me for just one more time, I promise. For 24 minutes, I'll leave you alone, but just stand with me for a second because it's in the vault text. Next Sunday is our check-in Sunday. We're placing this word in the vault of our heart so that we may not sin against God because his word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path because the word of God challenges us and changes us. So say it with me like you mean it this morning. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives from me. Would you pray with me? Holy Spirit, would you speak today? Let your voice fill this room, not mine. Let your voice communicate to our hearts exactly what we need to hear. Challenge us and change us. Make us more like you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. Now, two weeks ago when we started this series, we talked about how we need to tune into the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is our guide, and as our guide, He always leads us into truth. We talked about how the Holy Spirit is real, and He's alive, and He's personal, and how the Holy Spirit uh, is speaking to us. God is using the Holy Spirit to speak to us, and based off of that message, people began texting me different quotes from their devotional guides or from their personal study, and so I was like, I can't just keep these to myself. I've got to share these with everybody else. So here's the first one. Reading the Bible without the Holy Spirit is informational, but with the Holy Spirit, it's revelational. And it's so true of the Holy Spirit because he's alive and he's active. And then Brenda texted me this last one. I need Jesus Christ for my eternal life and the Holy Spirit of God for my internal life so that I can live my external life to the fullest. The Holy Spirit is so rich and so multifaceted and there's so many dynamics to the Holy Spirit that we're not ashamed of the Holy Spirit's work. In fact, we welcome the Holy Spirit's activity and work in our lives. And we're gonna talk more about the Holy Spirit today and we're gonna talk more about the Holy Spirit in June. But I know sometimes when we use a phrase Holy Spirit or Pentecostal, it can bring confusion or it can even make us scared. The word Pentecost is a scary word that means 50. And that freaks us all out, doesn't it? But our national office has sent a magazine called Pentecostals. Now, if I was doing it, I probably wouldn't have called it Pentecostals, but they called it Pentecostals because we're not ashamed of it. But these are available for you in the commons. If you want to know more about the Holy Spirit, if you want to understand more of the teaching or the doctrine of the Holy Spirit, this has a guide on how you can talk to your teenager or your children about the Holy Spirit. It talks about what God is doing on college campuses. It talks about living out our calling as empowered by the Holy Spirit, and it's free for you. It's just a resource that we wanted to make available to you today. Our topic, though, today really centers around this concept of how can I hear from God and how can I know for sure that it's God who is speaking to me? How do I know the difference between my feelings and the voice of God? How can I hear God's voice when I'm trying to determine what's right and what's wrong, what I should do and what I shouldn't do? Or how can I hear from God and make the right choice when both options are good? You may have been there some point in your life where you've got two really good options and you need God to direct you to which of the good options you have to choose from. You may have also been there in your life when you have two bad options and you have to decide what's the best bad option in front of me. We, we want to hear from God. We want to, to know that he's speaking to us. We want to be sure that it's him. One of my favorite verses that talks about this concept is in Proverbs chapter three. In fact, it hangs in my office, Proverbs three, five, and six, trust. And isn't it funny that our heaven series, Jesus started with the words, trust in God, trust also in me. And here in Proverbs, uh, Solomon writes, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. That word acknowledge, it means to take note of the fact that someone great or important or worthy is in your life. And when we take note of the fact that someone great or important or worthy is in our lives, we're more likely to tune in to their voice or to what they're saying than all the other things that are going on around us. So how can I know that I'm hearing from God? Today I'm going to give you five ways 
There's probably more than five ways, but these are the most common ways and the most practical ways that God speaks to us. Here's the first one. The first way the Holy Spirit guides us to truth is through peace. I love that he is a God of peace. I don't want to serve a God of chaos or confusion or disorder or anxiety. We serve a God of peace. For Robin and I and our family, we had an opportunity I would say between 17, 15 to 17 years ago to make a really big shift in our ministry. And from the outside looking in, this would have been one of those next big steps that you would have taken. It was, it was lucrative, not in terms financially, I'm sure it would have been great, but it was lucrative kind of in terms of, uh, of the status of it and what would have happened. And I remember it was early November and we were pondering this, we were praying about it and I was sitting on my roof. Why were you sitting? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. I was sitting on the roof because I was installing Christmas lights because it was early November and I like to get my Christmas lights out while the weather's still good. And I was sitting on my roof installing Christmas lights and my stomach was in knots, but not because I'm afraid of heights and I am afraid of heights. My stomach was in knots because I knew that God's peace wasn't on that situation. As good and attractive as it looked from the outside, I was convinced that it wasn't God's best for our lives. Robin felt the same way. Fast forward to approximately two years ago when Pastor Daryl and Faith called Robin and I and said, we've been elected as the new superintendents of the state of Oklahoma and we believe that God's calling you to Bartlesville. I'll be honest with you. The moment he said it, nothing but peace filled my heart. From that moment forward, nothing but peace did we experience throughout the journey. Robin and I believed at that point our kids were 15 and 17. We believed that we could hear from God, but that Ryan and Kate could hear from God too. And so we prayed as a family, and our kids also experienced God's peace about this transition and about this change. Now think about it. It's a, it's a scary transition. Not that you're scary, but we'd been where we were for 17 years. We had intentionally not moved our kids. It was going to be Ryan's senior year of high school. There was so much unknown from moving from that situation to this situation that in the natural, there would have been anxiety and worry and confusion and fear. Instead, we experienced perfect peace. And the reason why is because God's voice is always accompanied by God's peace. I want to show you Psalm 85 and verse number 8. And when you're trying to know if it's God speaking to you and you're trying to hear God's voice, here's what the Bible says. I listen carefully to what the Lord is saying. That's the first clue. Listen carefully to what God is saying. But secondly, he speaks peace. He speaks peace, excuse me, to his faithful people. Jesus even told us in John chapter 14, he said, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything that I have told you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and guide you to truth. And then Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. You see, as we, Proverbs chapter three, as we acknowledge him, and listen to his voice, he leads us to peace. I wanna show you John chapter 20. I showed it to you two weeks ago, but I wanna repeat it because it's so powerful and, and relevant to this point. Jesus has died on the cross, he was buried, he rose from the dead, and then he came back to prove to his disciples that he was alive, and it says that the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them, and what's the first thing that came from Jesus' mouth? peace. Peace. When he speaks, he speaks peace to us. Peace be with you. And as he spoke, he shared the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. And again, he said, peace be with you. So the first way that the Holy Spirit guides us to truth and we can be confident that God is speaking to us is through the presence of God's peace. The second is what I like to call open or closed doors. And what I've seen in my life, what I've observed biblically is that if it's God's will, God will open the door for you. And if it's a closed door, don't try to force it open. With our journey, 
when we were moving from Muskogee to Bartlesville, you know, sometimes you reach for a door and you pull and it's open, and other times you pull and it's locked. For us personally, before we could reach our hand out, the sensor above the door knew we were there, like at an airport or a hotel, and the door started opening on its own. Have you experienced that? And, and, and if you don't experience that, it doesn't mean it's not God. If you pull the door and it's open, it's clearly God leading you. But when there's an open door, it gives you confidence that it's God who's speaking, that it's God who's guiding, that it's God who's directing. If it's a closed door, you stay away from it and trust that God has another one. Let me illustrate this to you from 1 Corinthians chapter 16. I'll put it on the screen for you. Paul's writing to the Corinthian church. He says, I want to come see you. This time, I don't want to make just a short visit and go on. I want to come and I want to stay a while if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I'm going to be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. And look at what Paul notes. There is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. Now sometimes, and this is a point we need to catch from this, that door will be wide open even though there will be people who oppose us. If God has opened the door, it doesn't matter who opposes us, he's gonna lead us through that door. If God be for us, who could ever be against us? There are other times though when there are closed doors in our lives. And, and, and back to our journey for just a quick second, when we were making our move up here, we kept a note on Robin's phone. It's called Open Doors and Green Lights. And we wrote down all the ways that God showed to us repetitively, all the open doors that God provided for us to let us know that we were supposed to come to Bartlesville, that we were supposed to be here at Spirit Church. And wouldn't you know, at the end of the day, how many items did we come up with on our green lights and open doors list? 33. That's the age of Jesus, that's all I'm saying. It's the age of Jesus, you, you interpret that however you want, but for me, that was super cool. Now, some of you are thinking, it took you 33 open doors to figure out you're supposed to be here? No, it only took the presence of God's peace. It was 33 open doors throughout the journey. And sometimes when life gets tough or we're having a bad day, we look back on that list and we remind ourselves we didn't call ourselves here. And you're wonderful people and you voted for us, but you didn't call us here. The Holy Spirit of God led us here and we believe that. And please hear my heart. That's not an arrogant statement in any way. That's just God leading us. Now let me show you Acts 16. Paul writes more about open and closed doors. Paul and Silas were traveling through Phrygia and Galatia. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had prevented them. In other words, the Holy Spirit had closed a door from them to preach the word in the province of Asia at that time. And then they came to the borders of Mysia and they headed north for the province of Bithynia. But again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. What happened? Two different instances, the Holy Spirit closes the door and says, no, don't go there. I wanna tell you a phrase that's not on the screen, but I want you to remember this. God's no is always followed by a better yes. I'm gonna say it again because not enough of you said amen. God's no, I'm just teasing, because it's really good. God's no is always followed by a better yes. And just because this door is closed doesn't mean that you kick it or you force it open. It means that you say, God, I trust you. You don't want me to go this way. I'm gonna wait until you open the door. Because look what happens next. Let's show the next verse there is verse number uh, eight. Instead, they went through Mysia to the seaport of Troas, and Paul had a vision. A man from Macedonia was standing there pleading with him, come to Macedonia and help us. What they sense, an open door. So they decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling them to preach the good news there. Here's a verse that's not on the screen for you, but you could write it down or keep note of it. It's Psalm 37 and verse number 24. I grew up memorizing it this way. The steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And I believe that. I've seen it. The New Living Translation says it this way. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. He leads us to and through open doors. The third way that the Holy Spirit guides us to truth is through biblical agreement. And that seem, might seem like an easy one, but we've got to confirm and make sure that when God is speaking to us, it lines up with what the Bible says. That's why we put such a premium and such a priority on placing the word of God in our hearts because it's amazing how in that moment that you need to hear from God, something that you have deposited in your heart, that investment will mature at exactly the right moment. I love memorizing scripture, and I know many of you in this crowd 
do as well. One of our favorites is Isaiah chapter 55 and verse number 10 and 11. It talks about this process that I've been mentioning here. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and they stay on the ground to water the earth. The, the rain and snow, they cause the grain to grow that produces seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. And then God says this, it's the same with my word. Just like rain and snow causes and produces a harvest, my word, I send it out and it produces fruit. It accomplishes all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. When we place the word of God in our hearts, whether we're children or adults or older adults, that word will produce the harvest when God wants it to produce a harvest. Let me give you a silly illustration. You might be in the grocery store this week, and you might think, maybe God wants me to share love, joy, and peace with someone in the grocery store. Maybe he wants me to say a kind word or to help pay for their groceries or to just greet them or pray with them. That's probably God. That's some of the things that we can see from his word about speaking kindness to one another, loving our neighbor, maybe even loving our enemies that we see in the grocery store. If you're in that same grocery store and you think, I wonder if God is telling me to steal that candy bar. That's not God. Because his word says, thou shall not steal. That's, that's old King James and Oklahoma international version would be, y'all don't steal, right? But it's biblical agreement and how do I know I'm hearing from God? It's lining up with his word. Again, funny illustration, but it's amazing how God's word will prosper and produce at just the right time in your life. Let me give you the fourth way that the Holy Spirit can guide us to truth. Trusted spiritual advisors. This is one of my favorite ways that God works is because we all need people in our lives who tell us what we don't want to hear. Now, I'm not talking about your mother-in-law, okay? I'm talking about those people who can see your blind spots. I'm talking about those people who are gonna say the things to you that you wish they wouldn't, but you really need them to. You know the kind of folks that I'm talking about that, 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 that are telling you things that you know that they're from the Lord and the Bible says that wounds from a friend can be trusted. That's the kind of people that we're talking about here. Proverbs talks about it three different times, probably more than that, but my favorites are here. Proverbs 12, 15. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs 15. Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. Look at Proverbs 24. So don't go to war. That word war, if you go back and translate it in the original language, it means Walmart. That's not true. That's not true. It's not true. But it's like going to war when you go to Walmart sometimes, right? So don't go to war without wise guidance. Victory depends on what? Having many advisors so again, back to our story of our journey, we felt like God was leading us here, but the church that we were presently serving didn't know what was going on, and the church here didn't know who we were, and so I had to have some people in my life that first of all could be quiet, because y'all weren't supposed to know, and they weren't supposed to know, and we're kind of caught, you know, when you, when you want to tell somebody, and you need somebody to know what's going on, but more than I needed somebody to know what's going on, we needed some people that we could trust that would speak God's will into our lives. That as, as great as this seemed and as excited as we felt about it, were we missing God somehow? Was there something that we weren't thinking about? Was there a part of this that we were looking at wrong? Did we need a different perspective or a different lens? And God will put those people in our lives. Our responsibility is to tune in when God is using people to speak to us. In the Old Testament, in the book of Samuel, Samuel is the prophet, and Israel cries out for a king, and so Samuel anoints Saul as king, and after he anoints him, he sends him to fight the Philistine army. You imagine your first thing to do as a king is to have to go out and fight the, the Philistines. Samuel says, go to Gilgal ahead of me. I'll join you there to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. You must wait for seven days until I arrive and give you further instructions. So two things are gonna happen. We're gonna sacrifice together. We're gonna sacrifice to the Lord. But secondly, we're gonna listen for God's voice and God's instructions regarding this battle. Chapter 13, we pick up the story and it says that Saul stayed at Gilgal and his men though were trembling with fear. Saul waited for seven days for Samuel as Samuel instructed him, but Samuel didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away 
So he demanded, bring me the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, and Saul sacrificed the burnt offering himself. See, Saul was in total agreement with Samuel's plan with the Lord's direction until his men started getting nervous. And then Saul made the mistake that a lot of us do. We make bad decisions based on anxiety. We make bad decisions based on fear or worry. We make bad decisions based on what might happen to our reputation when we could make a really good decision if we would wait for God's peace and for God's advice. Because Saul didn't wait for Samuel, Samuel shows up right after this moment, and in verse 13 of chapter 13, Samuel says, how foolish. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you have kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now, your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. You see, it's, it's learning to trust those spiritual advisors in our lives. And I believe God's already placed them in your life. You just need to learn to seek them out. I need to learn to seek them out and to listen to them and to utilize the godly advice that they are giving. Here's the fifth way that the Holy Spirit guides us to truth. It's peace. It's open or closed doors. It's biblical agreement. It's trusted spiritual advisors. And it's prayer. And I know that's the Sunday school answer, but it's the best answer. It's the most important answer. Sometimes we make prayer our last resort. It should be our first option. In John chapter 16 and verse 15, Jesus said this, all that belongs to the Father is mine. And that's why I said the Spirit will tell you what he receives from me. It doesn't say he's gonna hold it back and make sure you're doing this or that. It says the Spirit's gonna tell you. He's gonna give you the information if you'll pray and you'll tune in and you'll listen. We have to learn to tune in to the guide. Let me close with this one Old Testament story. It's one of my favorites, but it gets overlooked sometimes. It's a man named Jehoshaphat. And maybe that's why we overlook it because he's got a weird name, but the Bible says the Lord was with him because he followed the example of his father's early years. He didn't worship the images of Baal. He sought his father's God, he obeyed God's commands instead of following the evil practices of the kingdom of Israel. So the Lord established Jehoshaphat's control over the kingdom of Judah. And I love that last line there. He was deeply committed to the ways of the Lord. God speaks to those who are deeply committed to him. His, he's sharing the truth with us. The Holy Spirit is guiding us. But when you are deeply committed to the Lord and when God is giving you success, the enemy is gonna come in and try to attack just like happened in this story. In chapter 20, in verse number one, it says, the armies of the Moabites and the Ammonites and the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. And messengers came and told him, a vast army from Edom is marching against you. Can you imagine? You've gotta navigate this. You've gotta lead and guide and direct your people. What are we gonna do now? I've tried to be faithful to you, Lord. I, I've committed myself to you, but the enemy is now coming against me. And I wanna show you uh, what happens then in the next verse, excuse me, verse number, verse number uh, three of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Jehoshaphat was terrified. Well, I'll just be honest, I'd be terrified too. Jehoshaphat was terrified by the news and he begged the Lord for guidance and he ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Now, I, I know you can read it as good as I, ha I can, but I just have to point this out. He didn't say, oh no, Let's run to Walmart and buy toilet paper and bottled water and Lysol wipes. It's not what he said. He said, we need to pray. And not only do we need to pray, we need to fast. We need to put our complete trust and dependence and reliance upon the Lord. And he called everyone together and they all came to seek the Lord's help. What were they saying? God, we've got to hear from you. We've got to hear from you in this moment because the enemy is coming against us. Verse number 10 starts to detail the prayer that Jehoshaphat prayed, and I love just his authenticity with the Lord. He said, behold, the men from Ammon, the men from Moab, from Mount Seir, the men you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, whom they avoided and did not destroy. Behold, these men, they are rewarding us by coming to drive us out of your possession which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. Look at the last line. 
we do not know what to do. You ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand. I'll raise it for you. I've been there. I don't know what to do. But look at what he says. But my eyes are on you. You see, sometimes to tune in, we've got to tune out of a whole lot of other things. We've got to tune out of all the other noise that is going on, and we've got to entertain the idea that the thought we just had came from the Lord. And the peace that we're experiencing is because he's with us. And the open door that we've come up against is one that he wants us to walk through. And the reason it lines up with the word of God is because it's him speaking to us. And our trusted spiritual advisors in our lives are continuing to speak and give us his truth and spur us on to good works in Christ Jesus. He's always speaking to us. This verse isn't on the screen for you, but in John chapter 10 and verse number three, Jesus speaking of himself says that the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd, Jesus being our shepherd, and the sheep recognize his voice and they come to him. The more we're around the shepherd and the more we're tuning into his voice, the more familiar we become with his voice. And when he calls, we go to him. The responsibility is ours to tune into the voice of the shepherd. This morning, would you be so kind as to bow your head and we're gonna do just that for a moment. We're gonna tune into the voice of the shepherd who's always speaking to us. The Holy Spirit who's always guiding us to truth. In this moment, in this quiet, as Iva's playing this beautiful music, the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. This morning, on behalf of Jesus, I want to offer salvation from him that only he can give. It's not my invitation, it's his. I'm just the messenger. But if you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, this morning he's calling to you. His voice is speaking to you. He's drawing you closer to himself. He wants a relationship with you. He knows that you've sinned. He knows that you've missed the mark. He knows that you haven't lived the life you're supposed to but he came so that you could be forgiven. He came so that your sins could be erased and wiped away. The Bible says our sins, which were once like crimson or scarlet, have been made white as snow because of what Jesus has done for us. So this morning, the offer is yours, and my promise is that I won't embarrass you, but if you wanna say yes to Jesus, whether today would be your first time or if there's been some change in your life and maybe you prayed a prayer a time ago, but you know you and God aren't where you're supposed to be. You know you're not on right standing, in right standing with Him. That's okay. You've changed. He hasn't. He's still the same. I won't embarrass you, but I'd love to pray for you. If you say, I'd like to say yes to Jesus today, would you just slip your hand up right now? Just let me see your hand where you're sitting. Thank you for those who have already raised their hands. Thank you for another one that has raised their hand. Anyone else, you say yes. I want to say yes to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? If you're watching online, this would be the perfect time for you to put the word yes in your chat box to let us know of the decision that you're making. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. This morning you have affirmed your belief, but now it's time for that moment of confession. I'm gonna lead all of us in a prayer. Whether you're here in the room or you're watching online, I want all of us to pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I have sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we thank the Lord for what he's done this morning? This is a good moment. This is a good moment. If you said yes to Jesus, there's a number on the screen. We'd love for you to text and let our team know about the decision that you're making. 918-766-9117. It's just that easy. I want to invite all of us to stand across this room, if you would. As you came in this morning, we received communion. And if you haven't had it or if you somehow didn't get it, if you just slip your hand up, our ushers will come and they'll make sure that you get communion. We want to make sure that 
Everybody has an opportunity to be served today and to participate in this communion. It's an open communion in the sense that you don't have to be a member of our church to participate, but you should be a member of the family of God. And we just gave that opportunity for you to confess Jesus as Savior and as Lord. What an opportunity we have just to hone in on him and on his presence. Dan's gonna come now, we're gonna sing a song. Let's just begin by worshiping the Lord together. You might wanna lift your hands to him. You might just wanna close your eyes in his presence. You might wanna bow your heart, but can we just tune our hearts into Jesus for a second? Come on, join me in doing that. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Let's sing it again. Oh, precious is the flow. that communion in your hand this morning we're going to peel back the layer and remove the bread before we eat that together the bible says in matthew 26 that while they were eating jesus took some bread and he blessed it and he broke it into pieces and he gave it to the disciples saying take this and eat it for this is my body would you join me in giving thanks to god for his body jesus thank you that you came from heaven to earth for us Thank you that you lived a sinless life, but that you died a sinner's death. You were whipped and beaten. You were crucified for our sins, and you did it out of your love for us. You willingly sacrificed your life and your body that we might have eternal life. And today we remember and thank you for what you have done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive together. Bible says that he took the cup after supper and he gave thanks to God for it and he gave it to them and he said each of you drink from it for this is my blood which confirms the covenant between God and his people it is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many mark my words Jesus said I will not drink of it again until the day I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom that means one day soon we get to join with him for all eternity. Let's thank him for his blood. Jesus, thank you for sacrificing not just your body, but giving your blood. And it's your blood that saves us and heals us and redeems us. It's your blood that breaks the, the bondage of temptation and addiction that's over us. It's your blood that makes us righteous in the sight of the Father. And we thank you that your blood has never lost its power. We receive it today as a gift from you. We remember what you have done. We will continue to reach one more for your kingdom until you come again. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive that together. If you want to set that down and join me in just giving the Lord praise in whatever way is most comfortable for you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for me. Thank you for your sacrifice, for your love, for your grace, and for your mercy that never ends. 
we're a family at Spirit Church, would you begin to pray for somebody near you and just ask the Lord to bless them as we close this communion time together. You might wanna take them by the hand, put an arm around them, lay a hand on their shoulder. Let's just speak blessing and favor and anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you for your goodness to us. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Nothing but the blood of Jesus can save us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Come on, let's sing it again. No precious is Sunday, right? If you believe that God is moving in this community, can you give me an amen? Amen. God's doing some amazing things, and we're honored to be a part of it here at Spirit Church. Hey, before we pray a prayer of blessing today, I just want to let you know we have an awesome opportunity to impact our next generation here tonight from 5.30 to 7.30 for grades 6 through 12. We're going to be doing our luau on the lawn. We're going to be giving them kebabs. Like, it's going to be an amazing opportunity to love on our kids. Now, because Awanas has finished, fifth graders going to be sixth graders this next school year can begin attending youth if they feel comfortable. If not, we have a parent event, Bring Your Parents to Youth Night, coming up on June 4th, and we would love for our parents to be able to experience what our student ministries are doing. But we want to see your kids tonight, 5.30 to 7.30. It's going to be an amazing time having service and enjoying the weather. But as we leave today, we want to pray a prayer of blessing over you all. So if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.